0: This whole table is stressing me out. There's stuff everywhere. You've got your bag on the table. Like, can you take that off?
1: No, I won't take my shirt off.
0: (laughs) 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 You're
2: the worst. (laughs) Uh, Yes. That was a good one. It
0: wasn't. I like it. Thank you, Blake. Thank you. Can you take the garbage bag or the bag off at least or throw a (laughs) bottle of water away? There's just trash everywhere. Oh, this is my hobo bag. Oh. Can you call them hobos still?
1: You can. We've what done does this. It was the. You,
0: we've done this with the rock. That's bums.
1: Bums. Hobos is different. Well, they're the same. I think. The
0: rest
1: That's too much.
0: Bro. Welcome to Products of Grace, a podcast by Mercy Hill Church. My name is Lawson Harlow, and with me today I have Don Terrell and Blake McCullough. So Don, what are we doing today? So today, what are we doing today? Today,
1: we will discuss the title of today's episode, which is Love is a Choice. I also think it's Mm. not unconditional when you speak of humans. Mm. what do you think about that what's our what what our love is conditional what sphere are we in all of them (laughs) we're gonna build them all out
0: we're on the lesser love of humanity yes all right sure let's do it
1: and i want to i want to talk about that's
0: what we're doing (laughs) this is real i want to talk
1: about the transcendent god's love Mm. when we say god is love what do we mean by that oh goodness right Because um, you can't throw out all his other attributes. No. But he's the only one. Can I go on record?
2: You can go on. He's the only one with unconditional love. Mm, it's true. That's real. Is his love, though, not on the condition of the blood of Christ being covering us? But while we were yet sinners. Yeah. Yeah, but he's he's
1: omniscient. Oh, man. are really. <laughs> Because I hear so much modern-day vernacular. They're like, oh, man, I've met my soulmate. And they, they just get me. Don't
0: whisper into the mic. It's weird. It's making and me their, their love for me
1: is just so unconditional. And I'm like, lies. It, yeah. Lies. Yeah.
0: Actually, I mean, I think there's an assumption that there is a – there shouldn't be. So, like, I think that it's appropriate to say that there is, like, covenantal love is meant to be an enduring love right um and it's and it is meant to be a choice like your love for beth is conditioned
1: on beth being alive
0: uh beth existing period yes, yes. it is yeah i mean you're 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 ta- yeah you're in a different category now but i'm okay with it because it actually is a demonstration of conditional nature all right so then here's the other leap right? okay oh man this is gonna be fun <laughs> what is god's love for israel
1: I mean, I mean, it's, it yeah, is it's relevant, right. dude. It's in my, it is the only thing.
0: It, is, this, is this what we're doing right now? Is this, is this what we're we doing? The... I mean, I want to touch on that. I think it's relevant. It is relevant. It's relevant, but is it in, in poor taste? In
2: poor taste? Yeah. No, like, I just think soon? like, no, I don't think it's too soon. I
1: don't, I mean, I don't know what the conversation is.
0: Oh, okay. You I'm just, just
1: saying. Throw like, out the
0: word Israel <laughs> right now in the middle of, of life. Well, it, I was thinking about like, I, yeah. saw,
1: I saw somebody post like, pray for the peace of Israel. Mm -hmm. sure and I'm like man I think about I think about so much about the word Israel Mm -hmm. like I think of the peace of Jacob Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying like I make it very I make it very personal yeah but you know a lot of times like this this podcast is has some real life interactions and like when I was at work yeah people were talking about this yeah people were talking I I think it's a huge tragedy war is a tragedy
0: war is a tragedy it's an effect of the fall yeah and it's evidence that that we live in a an unperfected world, and we should look forward to the true and better. We should look forward to uh, peace being truly established by the Prince of Peace. But so long as we are here on the earth, there will be warfare, and it's sorrowful, <coughs> and it's heinous, and it's bloody, and uh, it's terrible. I mean, like anybody who's been paying attention at all has seen uh, things that they never wanted to see. Even you know, like we live in such an interesting world because. You know, I can think of like years past. I remember hearing like my, uh, I had an aunt who would tell me about the World War II, and or great aunt I should say, and listening to her talk about the tell stories and things like that. They were they were always like they were they were graphic stories, but they were always kind of they were made more palatable by the absence of visual information, mm-hmm. right? And so like, but but the way that we're being informed of things now is here's the picture like this is before your eyes mm-hmm. and it, it really does capture the unique heinousness of war and, and not even not even necessarily the unique heinousness of war but i think the heinousness of specifically like just uniquely violent brutal barbarish actions mm-hmm. um and they're they they are stomach churning
1: yeah i was telling a coworker, i was like you know i I do think it's too soon and I think it, I think it can perspectively come across as poor taste. Like when you see people arguing theological positions on the, on the heels of this event, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, I think about it through more of a lens around me being an American citizen Mm -hmm. and what aligns with our national interest. Yeah. Who are our allies? Yeah. Why are they our allies? Yeah. And why I would want us to be allied? Yeah. Yeah. Aligned with keeping peace and yeah in that na- you know, in that True. in that area of the country. Yeah. But I don't think about it like
0: you're not thinking about it in theological terms. You're thinking about it in political terms. Yes which i think so like that's where i think we we really do need to be able to make some distinctions some important distinctions. So like when you ask the question like talk about like you made the reference of god's unchanging love toward israel. It's like okay well well yeah but what do we what do we mean when we say the word israel here because this actually does matter and everybody i mean even even the people who would disagree with our take on the church being israel being the israel of god i think still recognize the fact that there are distinctions. Yeah. And so like you're talking about a political system in Israel that that does not equate to like no. Surely no one is going to argue that that equates to the actual like full blown ethnic people of Israel. Like there's there, there's there's got to be a dividing line there from anyone who's making firm uh, clear distinctions. And so you know when we're looking at this, I think we've got to be really careful. Like right now, so the question is like, how do we pray for this situation? We, we you're crazy not to pray for peace. Mm-hmm. Like, but you're praying for peace the same way like. I mean, I understand that we have a similar situation taking place, or not, I say similar-ish, but I mean, you know, not six months ago, maybe a little bit longer ago, we had uh, Russia and the, uh, Ukraine. the Ukraine. And you know the way that people spoke about this was so dogmatic. and And here we are in another situation, and I think we can all admit to ignorance. Like, mm-hmm. no one's omniscient except for God, especially mm-hmm. in this situation. And it's like, we're all playing sides and playing geopolitical warfare. And it's like, this isn't for us to say... But it is for the Christian to be able to say, hey, look, we can pray for the peace of this situation. We can pray for the innocents that are involved in it. We can pray for um, for warfare to cease. But I think at the very same time, we have to also pray that there would be not just peace, but lasting peace. And sometimes, I mean, I've got I've got a buddy of mine who's always mad at me for saying things like this, but it's like, and sometimes warfare leads to peace. This is mm. a really strange dynamic that people always want to argue about. They're like, no, 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 mm. peace leads to peace. And I'm like, I... Sometimes sometimes the bad guy has to be stopped. Yeah. Um I think there's been some I don't know, there's been some interesting
1: I don't know. like people posing like what ifs, right? And they're like interesting presuppositions where it's like, uh, you know, what like who knew? Who how did they not know this was gonna happen? And did they allow it to happen? I don't know what y'all mm. have read, but I mean I've I've had a lot of this come at me. Yeah. And I'm like, those are those are interesting presuppositions. I don't think it's I don't think it's right and fair to make those assumptions. Yeah, to say that a, a nation like with the depth of intelligence that Israel has and even USA has knowingly allowed that to happen. But to, you know, history will unpack all this, and you'll end up knowing. Yeah, you know, for me, it's like when you have some of the heinous events, the barbaric events that happened,
0: And perpetrated. Are
1: I mean, upon a nation state who mm-hmm. has the right to exist yeah. and protect its border, it has sovereignty. It was it was welcomed into the United Nations. I mean, these are this yeah. is an agreed upon reality yeah. in a real mm-hmm. world by other nations. Yeah, and so when you have these things happen, and you see the barbarism that happen, and then you you take you take that information back into you know because obviously you're dealing with a terrorist organization in, in Hamas and you go back into the streets of Palestine and you see what you would, what you what you can assume i would think rightfully that there are a portion of the citizens cuz they were they were cheering they were cheering on the yeah. death and and murder and so i think about like you know what is i mean israel has a israel has a right a moral right and a moral justification to respond. And I've seen people say like, well, you know, protect the innocent. But the issue is the Palestinian innocent has been put in the crosshairs by the original act. You know what I'm saying? And like neither one of these, neither one of these can be like totally objectively good. Yeah. You know, there's certain actors and even when you think as a human, right? I think it was Al Muller said, you know, even the good deeds we do Mm-hmm. It can be tainted because we're doing mm-hmm. it for the wrong reason. But I was thinking about, you know, even <laughs> in our, um, you know, even in our, I don't know, our local laws. I think I said this to you guys earlier, is like aiding and abetting. Yeah. Like, that's where I'm kind of at with like, you've got a nation of people that in some respect were put in the crosshairs. You can't paint with a broad brush and say they all, they all were perpetrating evil upon Israel But that's the reality of war, like innocent lives will be lost, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just think in the end, it's like, I don't look at these issues. I just, I don't know, man. Like, do you think that that's wrong to not look at these issues through a biblical lens as your primary lens? I mean, I, I do think it has like a biblical basis. I mean, I would say, do we all agree that Israel is historically the, like the commonwealth like the commonwealth of israel like that
0: nation is a is a real entity
1: um down to
0: this very day yeah i think i think obviously the ethnic people exist but and i think they have a historical significance of course they have a historical significance but we have to i think we're we're just safest to echo paul and so like when we take romans 3 when it makes reference to the fact that they have been given romans 3 and romans 9 both argue this well romans 3 talks about there's much benefit in every way and then in Romans nine, it makes reference to the fact that to them are the promises. Yeah, they them. were beloved yeah, because exactly, of the promises exactly. of their fathers. So, like, I think it's important. I think it's reasonable and good. I, I mean, I'm, not, I want to be careful because I think, I think there are really fine lines that have to be recognized. Like, is there a national people? Yes, but I, but I don't think. And this is like this is where I think it's a, it's a bad, it's a bad time to be like, okay, well, I don't think that the covenant promises that are mentioned inside of the New Testament. Are to the particular nation. Mm-hmm. I don't like. I don't think that I, we've made that really clear. But it doesn't change the fact that we can look at a nation and we can say, you know, we we don't want these things to be occurring, and um, and even and even recognize, like for instance, if I'm doing evangelism to a Jewish individual, I'm I'm actually going to make strong appeals to the promises of the Old Testament. And I'm gonna make reference to those things because number one, they hold the old testament as authoritative. And then from there I can argue from the old testament that that the promises of God find their yes and amen in Christ. And that's actually where we make our way. And so I think there's obviously cultural significance there. The 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 question that I've always am I'm always gonna have is like, why are we looking at a particular place in the world? Um such as Jerusalem and Israel in this case, and why are we placing such unique significance there over and against, you know, I think you take the same issue with Russia and the Ukraine and you have a totally different volatility around it inside the mind of most, uh, we'll just say evangelicals. Like the response to Russia and the Ukraine was propaganda. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, that was really it. There was two types. They were like, put a Ukraine flag in your bio or there's a bunch of propaganda taking place here. We get to Israel and we approach it with a very different uh lens. And I don't know if that lens is is a is a necessarily biblical lens. Um I don't think we're I think we're looking at Israel as if they are um I think we're carrying over some of the ideas that like Israel is unique like this place, this piece of land is unique in the sense that it still has eschatological significance. And I don't think it's a – I don't think that that's a biblical concept. But I don't think it's wrong to say it has historical significance. Absolutely. There's no question about that, right?
1: We should pray for peace there. Yeah. For all all sorts of motivations.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that. I think, you know, my my question is like, does that – do we pray for that peace in a way that supersedes the way that we pray for peace anywhere else? Right. And that's my that's my big question, like, and I wanna like again, I'm trying to be really careful. I have been grieved by the things that I've seen. And I'll tell you, like, my knee jerk reaction to a lot of this, I, I have to um I have to curb myself in the sense that like I'm when I see something as heinous as I saw um coming in, like I think it was was it three days ago when this all started? Mm-hmm. Like looking at this. Sunday through, morning. Yeah, Sunday morning. Looking at these. No, nah, it was it was Saturday because I remember reading something like if your pastor doesn't, mm. uh, or if your pastor prays for, I saw two. I saw one that said, if your pastor prays for Israel on Sunday, find a new church. If your pastor doesn't pay pray for Israel on Sunday, find a new church. And it's like, it's just, you know. Um, lose, lose. Yeah. But, but like some of the things that I saw like grieved me to my very core as I'm reading. And, and I'll tell you like my knee jerk reaction, like in my heart is like, I got a solution to this. It's like, you just, I mean, I'm trying not to be, it's just like, we can solve this. But you just get rid of the enemy. Um, and I'm saying like, while I, like I, that's my knee jerk reaction. I do think that the Christian reaction is a both and not in an either or like, I, it should not be surprising that we should be both praying for the peace uh, of, of this conflict for it to be resolved and we, at the very same time, Christians everywhere should be praying for Israel to be evangelized with the gospel in mm-hmm. Gaza to be evangelized with the gospel. It's like we're looking at two pagan people um and 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 that's and like this is yeah, one of the in Jesus he broke down the dividing wall of hostility yeah. between Jew
1: and Gentile, which is. But
0: but, but think I, about the way he threw it up too. Like I, I agree, obviously I agree Ephesians. So oh, I'm with Ephesians too, right? It's talking about the hostility between Gentile and Jew. The only means of reconciliation there is through Christ and His finished work. But you think about the dividing wall that was ultimately set up, the stumbling stone, the rock of offense, being Christ, and the Jews, many, many, most, we could say, stumbled over Him. And so, you know, this is where I want to say, like, as we're looking at this issue, I'm looking at a nation that has rejected Christ as Messiah war against a nation that has rejected Christ as the Messiah. And so it's like, I'm looking and I, you know, we can look at like pick sides here, but we shouldn't pick. I'll say, okay, I'm going to say this way. I don't believe that we should pick sides based upon uh, participation in the gospel, because that's not what we're looking at. We're not looking at Israel, a nation who are participants in the like who are uniquely participants in the gospel or uniquely participants in the promises of God like I just I don't believe that um I don't think that we see that in the pages of scripture you can make the argument from Romans 11 if you'd like to but even if you're making the argument from Romans 11 it's not speaking of a place on the earth it's if you're making the argument there's going to be a large national ingathering of Israel on the last day or in the last days I'm not upset about that. Like I, you know, I argue against it not because I don't want it. Like, man, if if a mass wave of Jews want to repent and believe on Christ, I'm here for it. Like yeah. I got a baptistry that I will fill up with water and we will baptize them and bring them into the church. Praise be to God. I'm not gonna say anything negative about that at all. But I'll do the same thing for the for the 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 people in Gaza who are participants in what I told Blake earlier, what I believe to be the paramount religion of Satan. Like, I actually believe that about Islam. I think Islam is a fabrication of Satan the very same way that I believe Mormonism is a fabrication of Satan. Yeah. I, think, uh, I think Islam appeals to carnality, and I think that Mormonism appeals to self-righteous carnality. And so I think you have these two distinct religions. And so like, when we're looking at it, I think we have to be careful. I think we have to be able to look at it with objective eyes and say, there are reasons that I want that, that that as i'm watching this play out i have desires for what will happen but i think we have to be really careful to place those desires in well these people are on god's side mm. and that's that's what i want to watch out for
2: it almost cheapens it too it's like it cheapens the care if you're like well i care about these people because you know they are the right people <laughs> you know and it's like Seeing You see videos of people suffering in Israel. You see videos of people suffering in Gaza. And it's like,
0: it's sad. It's awful. It's all sad. They're image bearers of God. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But do you find it? I mean, sometimes it's hard. Like, I think sometimes it's hard to look at the history of Israel and not see a unique amount of tribulation and world persecute you know what i'm saying like yeah, yeah. like it just makes it makes me stop and pause and go i totally agree from the
0: significance of i'm gonna they, i'm gonna say something okay and i and i one of the best places we go in the bible to show the unique tribulation of israel um are the ways that god pronounced judgment on israel right like the reality is that the curses came like God is the one who pronounced the curses, and when they were expelled from the land, it's like we can say that they were taken into captive by Assyria, but who sent them there? It's like God sent them there and I, and I mean that's where that's where i'm like i want to be like I want to be really cautious in this because certainly we see that there are unique tribulations that come, but just to be honest with you, as you're looking at um as you're looking at the old covenant like those are all promised. Like they're promised based upon their rebellion and disobedience. And so like, I'm, I'm not saying uh, like, I want to be, I want like, again, I'm trying really hard to be cautious, but I'm also trying to be biblical. And so like, I understand that making the arguments or making the statements that I'm, that I'm saying now, can be really inflammatory. But again, like, I think that as you're just reading through the narrative of scripture, you're going to notice that. Like if you're just reading through and you're just paying attention to the way things have unfolded, I think you're just going to have to notice that, that, that curses have come upon them. I'm not saying that every single difficulty, trial and tribulation of the Jewish people are based upon those curses. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying, like, as we make arguments that, oh, well, historically, they've been through various, like, really difficult seasons, really difficult times. But, like, you know, if we're going to go really far back, the Bible lays some of those difficulties um, at the feet of their disobedience and god's faithfulness to um, to expel them from the land and things of that nature, so um like i I understand that like i'm not I'm not trying to be overly dogmatic, especially not in this particular season, but I mean the truth doesn't change um, but, but it, it makes me stop and think, you know like
1: the enemy has been thrown down, yeah, he knows his time is short. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he rages. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he rages against the woman. Right? We would say the woman was given, e- you know, the wings of the great eagle mm-hmm. to fly mm-hmm. into the wilderness for a times, times and half time. time, time, time. Yeah. We all look at that woman, right, and say, "Oh, that's that's the church." Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But we also know that, like, I mean, the total world mobilization in World War II to mobilize itself against G- Jews yeah. across the world, right? Being,
0: being massacred. Yeah. yeah,
1: it just makes me stop and think, like. I don't know, man, like, is is there some sort of historical desire of the enemy to wipe their historical identity from the pages, right? Because the the scriptures are clear that a kingdom divided cannot stand against itself. Sure. And it's just like, why would you have two warring demonic factions? And this could be said about war in general, right? Yeah. So it's not uncommon to have warring factions. Right. But it just seems in this case, like, you've got you've got Hamas who just wants to absolutely wipe the Jews off the face of the planet to the point of their barbarism is there to intimidate the enemy.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. To
1: strike fear into them. Yeah. That's, a, that's, a, that's a tactic of war. That's a psychological tactic. Yeah, it tactic is, absolutely. Is yeah. It.
0: yeah, And
1: it's just like, man, what hate and vitriol you have against another image bearer mm-hmm. and what motivates that You know what I'm saying? Like, that's where I'm at. Like, is there Mm -hmm. some sort of deep rooted spiritual hatred of, well, they were beloved because of their forefathers and from them did descend the Messiah? You know, Mm -hmm. I do think there is like historical significance that would be very convenient if you wipe them off the face of the earth. Like, yeah, I think
2: that's fair. Do you think that's fair?
1: Like, that's where my mind's been. I just don't understand. Like, I don't have any other answers at my disposal. And some things are, I mean, Scripture's clear, or not revealed to us. Yeah. And these are mysteries. Mm. Yeah. I'm just just speculating in, like, I think it's wrong to take that viewpoint on Israel and carry them all the way eschatologically into, you know, we, we need to stand at all cost and preserve both nation and ground because the Messiah will descend. And there's going to be a rebuilding of the temple. There's a lot of people that, you know, oh, yeah. b- I mean, believe in that. Yeah, I they, mean, they would stand, maybe, this might be a, a reach, but might would stand with Israel, even in the face of them committing war crimes. war crimes, yeah. You know, and I'm not saying they're doing that now. I'm yeah, saying yeah. like they're
0: acting in a just and sovereign manner to protect themselves. We assume.
1: We assume.
0: Yeah, I, I, that's the thing. I, I don't... I, do, I, think there is a, I think there is an odd default. I think we do with America, too. I'm not going to lie. Like, I think our natural disposition is we don't do anything wrong. I think it's becoming less and less normative. But if, like, we enter warfare, it's like, well, we're going to conduct ourselves honorably. It's like, I, I, I hope so. But I'm not going to pretend like I know everything that happens. I'm also not going to pretend like that every individual <laughs> who serves in um, official capacities in Israel or in America are upright people. Right. Objectively like, moral. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't, I just, I just don't think that. But, but what I do, I got asked a question about this earlier this week. And, and I imagine tonight at Small Group, I'll probably be asked more. But, um, but one of the, one of the questions that I was asked was like, okay, what are we looking at here when we're looking at this, 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 this warfare between uh, Israel and, and uh, Hamas or, you know, and, and, and here's really where I am. Like, I, I think that what we have to be willing to do is to call a spade a spade. Um, And so like the the way that I responded and and I'll leave the person's name out, but um, the question was, uh, let me see. So it says this, I question whether this barbarism is against them specifically because they are Jewish. Um, Is there a specific hatred toward the Jews there? And I think we can say, yeah, I think there, I think there is Right um we, we can say that with with relative confidence I, I think if you placed just to be real honest with you i think if you placed any actually i know this if you placed any religion side by side with uh with islam it's going to be despised and hated yeah like the, so so my response to this is i said i think the origin is less in that they are jewish though i think that does play a role i'm not saying that it doesn't play a role it's, because history seems to support that there's some sort of specific hatred Absolutely. For like, like we're not, we're not going to pretend like there is not Jewish hatred, like right. n- not by any stretch of the imagination, but, but I think what we're looking at inside, again, if you're looking at Israel and Israel was a totally Christian nation, it does not solve the problem. Right. Like the, the problem isn't that there are Jewish people there. The problem is, I, I, I would argue, and like, I, um, is not the, not the specific, not, not the target, but I think it's the, I think it's the enemy. And so, like this, this is what I said, and I, I stand by this. I said I think the origin is less in that they are Jewish and more in the fact that Islam is the most horrid, godless, demonic, devilish religion that has ever and will likely ever exist. Like I, I don't think that that's a far stretch. Um, and and, and here's why. Here's why. Because like, like if, if I ask you what's the chief ethic of Christianity, love, love, like literally, it doesn't matter who I ask that question to. Anyone who's familiar with Christianity, you're going to ask them what's the chief ethic of Christianity. They're going to say love. Like if I'm to give you what to, to summarize the law and the prophets, what do I say? Love God and love your neighbor. If you if you tra- if you carry that forward into if you ask this very same question, like there are pillars, and one of the pillars is jihad. Like it's actually warfare against anyone who has first forsaken the way of of Islam, or like literally kill the infidel, kill anyone who is not believing what 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 we believe, and so you know. I, I think we've got to be willing at a certain point to say like, we can play this game of, um, of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Coexist. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just not real. And, and what I mean by that is not first and foremost that there's going to be people who warfare, but absolute truth is not subject to alteration. And so like we can't coexist in that, which is an exclusive claim. And you have to understand that what's taking place in this general area is, is essentially exclusivity. You're making exclusive arguments and you've got one whose general argument is kill the infidel, right? And then you've got another one who's saying, you know, who who I think, I think we can pretty much well document the fact that there are many people in Israel who have expressed hate crimes toward the Palestinians as well. Like we can't presume again that that's it, that that, that's never happened there. I think it's well documented. Um, But at the end of the day, it's like you're looking at warfare between two nations and I think the theological of it is there's always going to be enmity here. And any religion that does not actually take into account and submit to Christ and his ethic of love, you're going to have warfare break mm-hmm. out on the regular. There's just no way to prevent it. There is no there is no sovereign over it in this sense, meaning like the participants are not bowing down to the authority of Christ they will in the last day. There's no question about that. But in the midst of that, they're essentially striving after exclusivity. Um, but I think it's a great – it is a great time because I think
1: as Christians, a lot of times we want to bury our head.
0: Oh, absolutely. Not watch yeah. the
1: news, not see how dangerous the world is. But in reality – Or like, how fallen it is. Yeah, the world's a very, da- I mean, yeah, very it's dangerous, dangerous place. place. And it just makes you stop and be able to speak truth into modern-day events. You know, it's like um, – President Biden was quoted as saying that it was a heinous evil that was committed against. Israel. Israel. Yeah. And it's like, what a great time to be able to be, to vocally support that and be in agreement to say, yes, this is why it is an absolute evil. But I think it goes back to, we as Christians can call it absolute evil. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And unpack that. Yeah. I mean, to the point where it's like, not only is this evil yep but this is also evil and this is the standard by which we determine what is good yep and what is evil yep and i think and then and then like you know it gives you that it gives you that opportunity to have that to have that work out like in in real yeah. world like we should be able to you know have i don't know have like good deep conversations yeah in this arena yeah about why we would pray for peace and why we do pray for Israel. And I think in the end, like for me, why I do stand with Israel, Yeah, you know what I'm saying? To be able to yeah. unpack like this really has nothing to do with a forward-looking prophetic purpose of the nation of mm-hmm. Israel and more more to me has everything to do with my geopolitical alignment in that yeah. they, they are, for lack of a better term, I mean, one of a very few select nations in that area yeah. that provides... That, yeah peace like and they're in there, there, there and i think
0: that there is right i think there's there's there is an uprightness in general um that you see there and i think that that i think that is i, I mean we we affirm right that the jewish individuals will uphold the reality of, of the moral law mm. um and that there are things that bind them um in uh in recognition to that and so you know again i don't believe that that's salvific no, I think that that's. I think that that is borderline. Well, first, image of God, but then secondarily, cultural, and um, and do so you yeah. think it still
1: stands that Paul calls them an enemy of the gospel?
2: Uh, yes, yes. I, what do like, you think, Blake? I mean, I don't know why I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why I wouldn't either.
0: Yeah, I mean, they, they fundamentally. I mean, that's that's the. I mean, like you know, <laughs> they've taken the old covenant and
1: rejected the good news. Yeah, I mean, which I, it pointed to.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, I've had. I've had conversations with with um, you know Orthodox or rabbinic Jews, and I mean, they're like I'll be honest. I, I've had I've had one conversation with a Muslim man on a bench in Maryland, and um and it was a it was a a, a decent conversation. The I, but I've had some heated conversations with um. But I mean, you're talking about individuals at this point, but and I get that. But but I mean, I, you know, I think we've got to be. I think we've got to be biblically consistent. And I don't think there's anything in error to say that an enemy of the cross, an enemy of the gospel is one who rejects Christ as Messiah. Like that that's that's a standard in which we set across the board. And I don't think it needs to be undermined. And and again, like Yep. I was gonna say what? What Paul says in Hebrews.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that they I will I will make a covenant <sighs> after those days, no. not like the covenant I made with their fathers. Mm-hmm. Because they did not
0: continue right that's what he says yeah they yeah. did
1: not continue in my covenant yeah
0: and so like you know looking at this looking at this whole situation i think what we what we have to be able to do is to simply hold fast to um to what the text says and then secondly hold fast to the solutions right like when we're looking at this situation like if you want remedy for a fallen world i offer you jesus that's it that's all i got for you I, th- I believe that's more than sufficient. And so like, it doesn't matter whether I'm looking at the 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 one who is a professed Jew by ethnicity and and even by religion at that point, or someone who is a Palestinian Muslim. It's like the the way that we articulate these things is by saying like there's one means of reconciliation, mm-hmm. there's one means of remedy for all of the chaos that you see in the world and it's bow the knee to Jesus. That's not to say that you will immediately be sucked out of any difficulty. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying the hatred, the violence the, that flows from inside of you is remedied only by the work of the Spirit of God putting to death, the deed to the flesh. I've got one more category that I want to work through. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I'd be, and I'm curious what y'all think about this. I wrote a paper a couple of years ago on judgment wars. And by that I mean is God's wars that he executes for the sake of judgment. Do you believe? And I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm curious because I think a lot of times we retire methodologies of God. Like we read through, we read through text, and it's like, oh, God, God brought about a plague, and now it's like, well, we have, um, like, we have uh, what's the word? I'm looking at? germ theory now, so we can like look at the germs and we understand like God doesn't really cause plagues. There's germs. And it's like I don't no, I don't think it works that way. It's like, now you understand how he brought about the plagues. Mm-hmm. But, but, but I, I've got to be really careful saying that the, they weren't actually plagues. Like, no, they were. So is it reasonable for us to say that God executes, executes judgment war, that God uses nations to judge nations? Yes. I mean, if God
2: doesn't change and that's what he did self-admittedly in the Old Testament, yeah. I don't know why it
0: wouldn't be. yeah. I just, I, the reason I bring that up is I think that's an eliminated category in my mind. And so, like, for me to look at this and to see the, 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 bar, yeah, that goes back to why I was trying to unpack. Like, why would you have multiple,
1: multiple, multiple reasons, right? Yeah. 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 Like, different spheres. Why would you have Hamas or yeah. Palestine attack Israel? Yeah. Is there something unique? Mm hmm special, if you will, in their motivation against this particular enemy? Why are they not turning to yeah. Egypt, if you will, or other nations, right? And then you, that, that looks at humanity, and then you elevate that into like the spiritual realm. Like, right. why would the enemy be, be motivating nations and mobilizing yeah. nations if, if that's what's taking place? And then where you're headed is.
0: What I, where I'm headed is, God. does God have a desire to simply to judge them through, through warfare? And I, mean, I that's I, fair, yeah. but I just don't know how we like we know
2: that to be the case in specific cases in the Old Testament because he tells us through. Prophet. I think that it would probably be unwise to presume to presume that now, then
1: right? In this particular case.
0: Well, I, so here's what here's what I can say for certain. Right, I can say for certain the providence of God has brought this to fruition. Of course, okay. yeah. I can say for certain um, that that there is sin in both realms course okay so in both of those cases i can look and i can say okay well there's there's clear sin there's not even clear sin there's clear history of rebellion against god there's clear history of acts of barbarism um but here's the reality i can take that very statement and i can apply it to pretty much any country yeah yeah like i I can apply that to, to palestine i can apply it to the united States of america like i think we've all seen the just gratuitous reports of children being beheaded and if that doesn't strike you and, and, and bring you to like just a state of of recoil and, and stomach churning, then I don't really know what it is. But on, you know, on the way to lunch today, I told them. I said, you know, but the issue is, we do that every day here. It's just not seen. You don't have to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, but I but I do think it's not unreasonable for us to look at a situation and say, I wonder if God's judging that nation. And 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 again, not not ascribe it to him, but but. In the sense that like, oh, well, I know for certainty that's what's taking place. But I mean, it's not uncommon um, for God to judge nations. It's not uncommon for God to overthrow nations. I mean, we have the book of Nahum for a reason. And it's that God in a moment can decide, you don't get to be a nation anymore. As a matter of fact, your history will stop altogether. And, um, and so like, I don't think we need to be jarred when we see those things unfold. And so like, if on the other side of this, like, I, I mean, I'm just... I'm speaking very hypothetically, but if on the other side of this, the the nation is no more, right? If 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 there is an actual like we have eradicated this threat, like we can look at that and be like, okay, well, we can look at it one way and say, oh, well, that was a heinous war crime to wipe out a whole people, or there is another route in which we can look at it and say that. God executed judgment and he did it through the hands of, at this particular, at least in this juncture, right? He did it through the hands of, of national Israel. Um, but I think in the case of Israel, I think he can do both. I think he can preserve
1: and judge. He always, he's yeah. always done that. He
0: always preserves and judge. So to me,
1: it's like, I think, I think with, I mean, archaeology is such a significant reality for the Bible.
0: I mean, it evidences it, sure. Yes.
1: Yeah. But I mean, it it doesn't make the Bible less true or untrue if you can't go over and physically touch Jerusalem.
0: You know Absolutely. I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But there is historical significance mm-hmm. in history that God has established a historical people in historical places, and these events unfold, and right. from their flesh descended the Messiah. Right. And there just seems to me, like in my mind, like I'm less about where I used to be, maybe in my early teens, with my understanding looking across, you know, uh, the the globe and saying, oh, regardless of what they believe, yeah, and who they believe in, those are somehow going to, yeah, be ushered into the kingdom, yeah, sands the gospel, yeah, and now it's like I look there and go, I, I believe that God will, I'm 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 making a Okay, what is that? Presumption? No, presumption. Yeah. Presumption that presupposition. He, yeah, that he will he will preserve that people because I do think that it is like it, it does it does have historical geographical significance. Yeah, and they are down to this very day offered acceptance into the kingdom only through the man Christ Jesus through so the preaching of the gospel. But but, yeah. but would you but just as anyone else. Just as anyone else, Just as anyone yes, else. yes. Yeah. But I, I think about like kingdoms rise and fall. Yeah, yeah. But I guess like that's where I that's where I am today. With I, I don't believe that there's significance in the fact that as a as a dispensationalist would believe that you know Jesus will come back and reign in Jerusalem, and there is a significance about that land being preserved. Yeah, for that for that eschatological event. Yeah where I'm like no like we're living in the millennium Christ is on his throne and when the last trumpet blows we will be caught yeah. up to the heavens and glorified and be ushered into the new heaven new earth. Yeah. So what would be the purpose of God's preserving Israel? And it's like yeah I would think I mean do you think that he is to this very day preserving Israel and my question in my mind is so then why? So, if the
0: nation. I don't know.
1: I, if America was wiped
0: off, God's promises stand. Yeah.
1: And I, I don't like. How do we play. You any, see how on, how on, do we play any wanna, significance in the historical reality of the Bible?
0: Yeah. I want to I make Its this, places, its event. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's yeah, where hey. I'm at with. Yeah, it. yeah. But I want to say, like, I, you see how easy it is for me to say, like, oh, yeah, no, no, of course. Like, if America is wiped off the face of the earth, it doesn't change the fact the promises of God stand. Right, like the gospel is going to multiply, people are going to be converted, and and for some reason I think are dangerous to say, oh, wait, 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 wait. you can't say that about, about uh, national Israel. And it's like I don't, I don't understand why I can't. Yeah, um, but I don't think at the same time, like I don't think it's dangerous to say
1: there is there is a unique significance geographically. Not that the land is any holier, but there is there is biblical significance. In The fact that these places do exist
0: down to this very day, of course, is there something wrong with me saying that? Not at all, there's no, it, it's just a reality, like, yeah. But I'm saying, like, because I think you can throw the that baby out with the bathwater, I agree you know what I'm saying? That. It's like, all of a sudden, yeah, it's yeah. like, not, nah, it doesn't mean anything,
1: just nuke the whole place, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it, no, 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 like no, 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 like, I would, I would want, I would want those places. To exist, I, I argue first and foremost from a geopolitical interest yeah, as fair. an American citizen, yeah. and then secondarily as a Bible believing Baptist.
0: Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> millennial. Yeah, yeah, I think that's perfectly fair. <laughs> like, like I don't think there's, I don't think there's anything. Like, I agree with everything you said. All right, here's another statement I have okay. for you. So, there's a guy that's been posting
1: online that he and the church went over there and was on a tour group,
0: mm-hmm. and they're like, I'll "Man, man we got caught Pastor. up."
1: And it's like, dude, you are on one terrible vacation. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Like, that's how, I, that's how I look at it. So I don't want yeah, anybody yeah. To, to, like, take my words and misconstrue them that, like, Don believes that there's, you know, deep eschatological that we significance might, in the land. It's like, yeah. no, even now, like, to be over there, you're choosing that place as a destination to enjoy it and to inform yourself. Your motivation might be to learn from history like you would going to Normandy. Right. Or to Rome. Sure. And you can now go and travel to Jerusalem and see Galilee and take the boat yeah. and do all of those things. Right. And it's like but in, in the end, going to Jerusalem on that <laughs> trip is no more holy than you going to
0: Orange Beach. Yep. Panama City. No, I affirm that. Like I, I think I think you know, we what what Christians historically, if if you just look at the Great Commission just for a minute, its purpose is to spread out. Yes. Um and and, I and like say it, yeah. What are you saying? I'm
2: just like, I guess I'm so frustrated with that kind of view of Israel because, like, it just seems so clear that like all the sons of Abraham are not the sons of Abraham, right?
0: That's absolutely, yeah,
2: yeah. I'm with like, you. that's where I'm just like, I don't understand the prevalence of that, of that connection, and that's where that, I'm saying, What is that? The connection of like, that's God's chosen people, exactly. So in the sense, I think that the
1: only verse I can get to that would sympathize, in, at, at, at some very small degree, would be, and from them descended the Messiah. Yeah,
0: right. I mean, but that's but I'm they saying, killed yeah. the prophet. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. there's yeah. like all of these. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. But you know, this is, this is what I'm getting after. Like, I think what Blake is saying is spot on because the what he's essentially arguing is just what the Bible says is that it's very easy for us to in our in, in the way that we speak. To confuse true Israel, like I mean, even I even so. if you want to make the argument from from Romans nine, like um, the the Israel who is descended who is dis, uh, from the faith of of Abraham, like if you're talking about the the ethnic Jew in the day of Christ who repented and believed on Jesus for the forgiveness of sins, those people, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, God has clearly stated, like, oh, well, that's actually Israel, mm-hmm. right? And so, but he extends that same charge to the church. And so what we have to be careful of is to take that old concept. Like, this is really what's happening. There's an old concept and an argument like, well, if you say if you say that the church is Israel, then that means that you hate all the Jews. And it's like, that's not what that means. Right. right. Not at all. Like, you know, just like, I hate to say it, but it's like, just like a recognition of my ethnicity is not an anathemization of all other ethnicities. That's Mm -hmm. not what I'm doing. It's like, this is what I am. I can't change that. And it's not me casting uh, reproach on who you are biologically. And so when we're looking at that, we can't take, and this is, I think this is maybe the crux of the matter. We can't take the old covenant promises that have reached fulfillment, that have had their yes and amen in Christ, and then essentially take, I think we can safely say, a new, because it was formulated, if I'm not mistaken, it was reinstituted in what, 1940s? Okay. 1940s. So in the 1940s, the state is then reinstituted. And it's like, well, is that the covenant people of God? Are they being reinstituted? Are we looking at a Davidic king? Like, you know, it's like we, we seem to take all these things and apply them into this. And it's like, I don't think that's the case. But that doesn't mean when I say that, that I can't be like, oh man, like, I, I they value this, these people.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like and here's I, why. Yeah. That's where I'm looking. That's where I'm like the yeah. conversation is why do like why do I value yeah. the nation of Israel? And I'm trying to unpack like the, these are these are values in which I value other nations. Sure. Right, and these are these are why that some nations I would put over and above other nations, but like
0: so, so like, so like for this. But,
2: but I think what you've argued so far, and I would agree, is like that's more about political ideology yeah, so than like, anything. So like, else. I'll Where tell you I right now, as an,
0: as an American, like citizen. democracy. Yeah. Yep. yeah so yeah. like Israel being attacked hit me. If England was attacked, it would hit me really hard. <laughs> yeah. And I know, and I know that may sound like the reason if South Korea is attacked. Uh, same.
1: I'm cheering. Yeah. Me, like go no, South North Korea. Sorry, yeah, yeah, Korea. Yeah, yeah. If North Korea's attack, like I'm like, yeah, man, take him out. Yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like,
2: right. Because I think there is a refusal to, to see the image of God by, yeah, the, absolutely. by those in power there.
0: But see, like, this is what I'm saying. Like in North Korea, right? We looked at North Korea and, and you're looking at just heinous injustice being done in North Korea and you see something come and just obliterate them. That's where I'm asking the question is, okay, am I looking at this and just being like, Oh, Coincidence. No. I don't do that with anything. But
1: yeah. I'm also not looking at it and saying everyone in that nation is Kim Jong un
0: No, of course or, not. Of you know, course not And That's like, why it's a dangerous muddy. place. Yeah, yeah. That's you know, why it's it's difficult. like
1: in the end I know that if he was ever attacked, innocent and I use that word yeah, sparingly. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah, right, innocent yeah. innocent lives would be lost, yeah, right? Of course. But Inno- we also innocent know, of criminal violence. Yes. We also know that there are those in Christ who are Mm -hmm. in North Korea. Yep. Who who might face you know I'm saying the an act of war and 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 lose life. But yet I don't know. Like that's we wouldn't put that we wouldn't put that particular loss over and above the falling of a tyrant.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would be
1: like, yes, we celebrate that. And we also at the same time mourn the loss of life.
0: They were also grateful for the like this is where like you look, at, you look at the warfare that takes place to ultimately free a people, because that's what you're looking at in North Korea, right? And I mean, I, th- I think you're even looking at it, and you're free- you know, there's kind of like two types of freedom that we can look at. We can look like if freedom in the, in the proper sense of like, there's actual ability to do things. Like in North Korea, for instance, you're not worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ on the Lord's Day with no concern of your life. Yeah, You're worshiping the Lord in North Korea, you are at risk.
1: And we know there's Christian Palestinians.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And so in the midst, in the midst of all of that, like as you're looking at these things unfold, like there's freedom from really two things. There's freedom from number one. Like I have actual freedom where I'm able to do things. But the other one is I have freedom from the, the, the normal or what has become the normative tyranny of every day, like of actual risk of life and limb based upon just perpetual, endless, needless violence and I think that there is, and this is where I was, so I'll say it this way. We'll just take First Corinthians, not First Corinthians, sorry, Romans 13. It tells us that the civil magistrate is given the sword and it's not given the sword for no reason. It's given the sword for a particular reason to punish evildoers. Yeah. And it should never be a surprise to us when a, when a nation aims to protect itself to use the sword for the punishment of evil and ultimately the protection of its citizens. Yeah. You know, and it would be unloving to I, not It would do be that. unloving. And I would go so far as to say, not just unloving, but I would say unjust. Anyway. And so and so there's a point in which we just have to be willing to say, like, in regard to warfare in general, like I think wars have to be assessed upon their own individual merit. Right? Like not all wars are created equal. Um but when we're looking at these things, we have to understand that that there's a hundred there's things moving, but at the very same time, we're looking at people who are engaged in unique suffering, unique trial, unique tribulation. I mean, the images that you see in Gaza, the images that you see in Israel, the images that we saw in Ukraine, like all of those images do strike a unique nerve in the heart of those who love the image of God, right? Like it's painful to watch, like to see, like I saw a picture today, unfortunately, of a of a blood soaked child's bedroom. Mm, mm. It's like, God forbid. Um, And yet like we look at those and we say, well, how is it that there can be aid given? How can peace be had? And I think that's where we have to make the firm claim of the only real peace that can be had is through the finished work of Christ and pleading with people to come to the Prince of Peace and find lasting hope and rest in there and to long for Christ's reign to be made more and more and more evident. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I understand the sensitivity of this topic. Um, and I think if I, if I could- But if I think I, a lot of people shy away from it. Yeah, no, like, I- I really do.
1: Like, And I think it's like, at some point, like I, I appreciate not watching the news. I get that. Yeah. But it's like, sometimes it, it's helpful to take your worldview you know what I'm saying and yeah. look and look into deep deep <clears> issues <throat> like this and work them out and form mm-hmm. and form your position right
0: yeah.
1: and in, and i think i think that position should be yeah done in, in with 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 a sensitive respect yeah. you know what i'm saying for for all those that are involved but i do think that we have a unique time in history when there is unrest and there is yeah. evil and suffering to be able to stand up and say you know here here's why that here's why that is like yeah. here's what I think about it here's what the Bible says about it
0: yeah yeah and I mean you know yeah I think at the end of the day what you the primary thing you get to say and the thing you get to see um, is world's really fallen isn't it like I think that the proclamation of the Christian in days like this is people are looking around they're seeing suffering they're seeing anguish and it's like you're looking at all these things and you ask the question like, why do we? Why is the world the way it is? Mm-hmm. And we're able to both answer and provide remedy. And so it's like we live in this world in the way, the reason that there's so much violence and bloodshed and all these things is because we live in a world that's fallen and sin runs, sin is, is everywhere, it's perverted, it's corrupting. And the only remedy of this is the proclamation of the gospel. Mm. And so like, I think the, the reason it's important for us to be able to give an answer for these things is because it's, it's essentially answering the age old question, which is, which is why do I live in a fallen world? Mm. And, and then finally, how is, how is this remedied? And so, you know, as we're looking at Israel and as we're looking at Gaza and as we're looking at all of these other types of uh, like, like uh, Ukraine and Russia and all of this, I think we just have to be able to say that, you know, so long as sin is present, suffering will be, um and, and understand that this is not our home and, and pray for those in the midst of these difficult, incredibly difficult um, trials and be willing to pray for not just one entity, one side, but to pray, you know, you may perceive both friends. And friend not and, to be
1: naive too, like yeah. as, as American Christians to be like that this war can't happen
0: here. here. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And yeah. to,
1: to pray for peace
0: absolutely like and i think that's where that's kind of what i was going was like if you perceive an enemy here like if you're looking at it and you're saying oh i want to pray for my i want to pray for you know it's interesting like every time a war breaks out now it's like oh whose side are you on Mm -hmm. it's like bro like i'm not playing sides like i I, it's it's not a show we're not at the coliseum right um this is these are people's lives and what i want to do is i want to pray that the Lord would bring rest and peace in the midst of these incredibly difficult circumstances um, and pray for the one who I perceive to be in the right. And if there be an enemy in my mind to pray for them, because I'm commanded to pray for my enemies. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: <coughs> and so, and in the end, we pray that he would come
0: quickly. Yeah, indeed. Indeed.
1: So I'd like to, who's got a Bible verse?
0: Bible verse. Oh, uh, man. Blake's, Blake's searching.
2: Are you ready? Yep, Revelation 22, 20. Oh, that's the one. He dude. who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus.
1: So I'd like to thank my fellow elders, Lawson Harlow and Blake McCullough for the time spent today's...
2: Today's? Today's. Goodness. It's been a couple days. It's been a lot of days today. For real. Thanks for the sobering conversation.
1: My brothers and my friends, I'm God Godspeed. I had an idiom too. I forgot what it was.